I'm Baker Black, your guide through these unsettling encounters. This is Unwelcome Shadows, where we explore viewer-submitted tales that are unsettling and spine-tingling. Share your stories with us at unwelcomeshadows at gmail.com to be featured on the show. Trigger warning. This story contains depictions of child abuse. Stalked by a client by Boop underscore Barry. I used to be employed as a child protection worker. A report came through about a stepfather who was being abusive toward his children. I was given the investigation by my team leader. When I interviewed the oldest child with the police, she had very visible physical injuries and told me exactly what had happened. I'll spare the details, but it was very horrific. As the children were in his soul care, we knew that they needed to be removed immediately. We sent a team of two workers out to the children's school while myself and a colleague called the stepfather into the office. I led the interview and it was horrible. He didn't even try to deny that he had hurt his stepchild. Because saying, that's my kid, I'll do what I want and you can't stop me. When I served him with the paperwork, he absolutely lost his mind. He was swearing and screaming and said, if we were outside this building right now, I would fucking kill you. We ended up running out of interview room, pressing our emergency alarm, and I even had to make a police report about the whole thing. It got really messy. The next day, we had court for the children, and my manager decided that I shouldn't attend due to everything that had happened the previous day. My colleague who attended told me that this man was at the court and yelled several times something to the effect of, Where is that cunt of a worker who took my kids? I remember feeling a little freaked out, but it's not uncommon to hear things similar to this when you have to remove a child. It's understandable that emotions are very high. You build a bit of resilience working in this field, and overall, I mainly felt relieved that those children had been placed with an aunt and were safe. About two weeks later, I had to stay back late at the office on an unrelated job. It was about 9 p.m. when I finished, and I was the only person there. I walked out the back of the building to my car. It was really dark, but when I got close, I thought I saw a shadow moving in the front of my car. Just for a second, and then it was gone. It was about 20 meters away at this point, but it startled me. I stood there for a second, just looking at my car, wondering if I was just being paranoid. While staring into the darkness, I started hearing a tiny rustling noises, and whether imagined or not, all of the true crime horror stories I've ever heard flashed into my mind. Safe to say, I freaked myself out and sprinted back into the building. I called my boyfriend to come and pick me up, explaining what had happened. By the time he drove up to the front doors, I had convinced myself I was just being silly and asked him to drive me around to my car. He circled around and with the headlights shining on my car, I could very clearly see that all four of my tires had been slashed. I was an absolute mess that night and called the police immediately. I was pretty sure that this man was responsible, but as I hadn't seen him, I couldn't say for sure. I took a few days off and came back to a meeting with my manager, who had put together a safety plan for me and the other staff. She'd organized to have a security guard escort us to our cars, and she said very clearly that no one was to stay in the building after hours alone. Then, about a week later, 
a letter was delivered to the office addressed to me. Any mail that comes into the office goes through our reception staff. Our lovely receptionist opened it, and it was a note that said, You're good as dead, bitch. The words were typed and printed. She was an older woman and burst into tears when she read it. It didn't say who had sent it, but I'm convinced it was the same man. Over the next few weeks, letters kept coming, each one getting longer. They addressed me as bitch and homewrecker, saying that I kidnap and abuse children. It was just horrible, horrible stuff. The threats in the letters were the worst. The person writing them threatened to rape, torture, kill, find out where I live, and burn down the entire building. To be honest, the police were less than helpful. They basically said that given the nature of our work, they couldn't conclusively say that it was this man, although they had questioned him. To me, it seemed like a pretty massive coincidence, and I had never had anything like this happen before. They did say that they were taking the letters very seriously and tracking down where they'd been posted from, but I had never heard anything back about that. My workplace took the threats very seriously, too. All of the security was bumped up across the building, and all staff completed refresher training on emergency management. One day, on the way home from work, I noticed that a car was following me. At first, I thought I was being paranoid, so I drove down a bunch of little streets, doubled back onto the same route in a way that would make absolutely no sense. Even after all that, a dark green Camry was still paced behind me. I freaked out, but had already planned in my head what I was going to do in this situation. I headed straight to the police station, planning to pull right up in front of the building and beat my horn until I had someone's attention. The second I pulled into the police station, the green Camry drove straight past and disappeared down a nearby side street. I sat there for a good 20 minutes, too scared to get out of the car in case they came back around the corner. But it dawned on me that in my panic, I had forgotten to get the license plate, and that still upsets me to this day. I told the police what I knew, but they told me the man didn't have any car registered in his name. This was the final straw for me. I was a nervous wreck. I was looking around constantly at work and at home. I knew that he lived relatively close to me, so I even stopped going grocery shopping in case I ran into him. I stayed on stress leave for a month and heard from colleagues that the letters kept arriving. I was honestly very ready to quit, but then COVID happened and it really changed everything. Everyone went into lockdown and all access to the office was restricted. I started working back from home, driving a work car to and from appointments. I didn't go into the office regularly anymore, only allowed in a small working groups when absolutely necessary. Over the next year, the letters slowed and eventually stopped. But by the time we were allowed back in the office, there hadn't been any sign of this man for almost seven months. About a year later, I left child protection. I don't know what happened with those children, but my hope is that they are happy and safe and with their family. Laced Cigarette by Little Miss I Can't Do It A few years back, when I was around 18, I entered a very rebellious phase in my life. I have always been a prodigy child, always did as I was told. Never stayed out late, didn't smoke, didn't drink, scored the highest in all my classes. All my family, my friends, and my friend's family thought I was the perfect kid. But then something changed. 
I was on a lot of medication due to my health and I started going through bouts of depression. I started acting up like never before. I stopped going to school. I would stay in bed all day, didn't talk to anyone. And then I slowly started talking to strangers online. Initially, it was just talking to them online. I would talk to a few people until I found someone interesting. Would dedicate all my time talking to them till they no longer held my interest and then moved on to the next person. This went on for about a year. Then I eventually started meeting these people in person. Most of these meetings were sexual and I was very reckless. I slept around with more people than I liked to admit. And regardless of my lack of concern for my own safety, I somehow never met anyone that had any evil intentions. We'd meet a couple times, do the dirty, and that was that. Until I met this one guy. I was talking to a couple of guys at that time. I wasn't in any sort of relationship, but just being a hoe. So this guy starts talking to me and asks me about my hobbies, my interests, and what I do. I told him I do not smoke or drink, and he was shocked. I told him it wasn't that I had never done it. I tried, but it just felt like it wasn't my thing. We talked for a couple of weeks. I ended up talking about how I've been going through depression, and at first he just listened. Eventually, he started telling me I should try smoking. It would help me relieve anxiety and stress, and I always turned it down. He was relentless. After a month or so of talking online, we decided to meet. We had never had any sort of sexual conversation or anything, so we were just going to meet his friends. I was supposed to meet another guy, an acquaintance, for something I needed. So I suggested to the online chat guy that we meet briefly for lunch, and then he can drop me off at the other guy's place. He agreed, and we decided on where and when to go. The day we were supposed to meet, we met at a local cafe. We had brunch, and then I got in his car for him to drop me off at the place I had to go. It was a good 45-minute drive, so I put on some songs and decided to relax. Five minutes into the drive, he offered me a cigarette. I declined. He insisted and kept insisting till I gave up and agreed. I opened the box and... There was only one cigarette in there. I told him it was his last one and asked if he was sure he wanted me to smoke it since he would have enjoyed it more than I. He said yes. I took the cigarette out and there was something odd about it. It didn't look like it was store-bought. It rather looked like it had been rolled by hand. But then again, I had never smoked enough cigarettes to be sure, so I lit it up and I smoked it. I couldn't smoke even half of it. It made me inexplicably nauseous. So I gave up halfway through and offered it to him. Instead of smoking it, he put it out and threw it away. I thought it was weird, but I assumed he probably didn't want to smoke while driving. 30 minutes into the ride, I started feeling very sick. My whole body was shaking. I was extremely nauseous, and I could barely keep my eyes open. I kept telling him that I wasn't feeling good and that maybe we should go to the nearest ER instead of where we were going. But he kept telling me to relax and lay back. Everything about that ride felt off. I told him to stop the car and drop me off wherever we were. He refused. All I could think of was pulling out my phone and calling for the police. When he noticed what I was doing, he immediately stopped the car and I got off. I couldn't stand, so I sat on the roadside and called the guy I was supposed to visit. He immediately drove to where I was and picked me up and took me to his place where I threw up all over his living room multiple times. For the next hour and a half, I just laid on the couch, my whole body shaking and constantly throwing up. The guy brought me water and gave me some electrolytes and kept insisting on going to the hospital, but I refused. I had no idea what I had smoked, but I was sure it wasn't just plain old cigarettes. I was scared if it had been some illegal drugs, 
And if the hospital caught on, I would get in trouble. And I absolutely did not want my parents to find out what I had been up to. So I laid there, kept throwing up, and letting whatever that shit was get out of my system. All these years later, I am now married to the guy who picked me up from the roadside and helped me through an insanely embarrassing time. Thank you for listening to Unwelcome Shadows. Share your unsettling tales at unwelcomeshadows at gmail.com for a chance to be featured. Remember, stay curious. The shadows await.